I'm Deb Kuykendall. And I'm Jacob Kuykendall. I'm Karen Hernandez. And this is The Decades Podcast, a podcast where we watch two movies, one from a previous decade and one from the 2010s. And this season we are covering horror movies. I hope you enjoy the show. Heck yeah, you'll enjoy the show. Decades podcast, where we watch a movie decade by decade, starting from the 1920s, and uh, we compare them to movies, uh, modern day movies from 2010 and onward. So, uh, what movie did we, what movies? Aren't we supposed to introduce ourselves? Yeah, who are you? What guy's in the room? Also, for one thing, we have a guest today. (laughs) We do have a guest. (laughs) See? Let's just ignore him. Perfectly. (laughs) Ignore the guest. (laughs) No, that's perfect. Yeah, it's great. Hey, I'm Deb Kuykendall. Who are you? I'm Jacob Kuykendall. My mom pointed me. I'm Karen Hernandez, the best ever in the world. And who is our guest today? Daniel Kahneman. What? What are you from, <laughs> Daniel? Second best ever in the world. <laughs> oh. oh, well, yeah. Number two coming in. <laughs> coming in hot. Well, I'm on a little podcast with Jacob called Yay. Third Act Saviors. I'm on another little other podcast. Also little. Not a little. I'm going to say that one's little. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard it. It's little. Occasionally with Jacob called The Sidekicks Podcast. Oh, what do you do on Third Act Saviors? Oh, well, we watch a bad movie, typically that's recent, and then we talk about it. We complain about it, and then we try and rewrite the third act to make it better. And then what do you do on Sidekicks Podcast? Oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Improv games. Yeah, I've heard it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Usually we watch a superhero movie, and that colors the whole experience. But Fantastic. It's some, it's some pals doofing around. <laughs> well, what movies did we watch for the Decades Podcast this time? We watched uh, Jacob's Ladder, which <gasps> came out in 1990. Okay. And for the modern day movie, we watched The Babadook. Duke. Babadook. 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 <laughs> Why'd we watch those? I don't know. Why? <laughs> Why'd you pick those well, two? Well, okay. Um, I know why I picked Jacob's Ladder. I really wanted to see it because I haven't seen it <laughs> since 1990. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And, uh, and I remember it being very scary. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very scary. And um, mm. moving. And okay. I wasn't very moved. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, one of the reasons I wanted to watch it was to see how it held up over time. Yeah. Um, I think probably one of the reasons... Well, let's not go into... Th- I'm not going into that yet. Yeah, not yeah. yet. So, Come on, save all normally the what stuff. we do is do a synopsis of the old movie, and then we yeah. do a synopsis of the newer movie, and then we talk about comparing the two. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we've swapped them. I don't know how time. we're going to synopsis Jacob's Ladder, though. Oh, a bunch of stuff happens, and none of it matters. <laughs> the end. It no, was all a dream, no, like I've said all it, along. It was all a dream. It all mattered deeply, and I'll tell you why later. <laughs> okay, good. You went to heaven, that's why. <laughs> Eventually. All right, well, how do you want to yeah. do this, these two? I could summarize the Babadook since I've seen it a bunch of times. Yeah. I'll, do, I'll do Jacob's Ladder. Okay. So, uh, we'll start with Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, my ladder. It's Jacob's Ladder, Jacob. Yeah. Um, oh, well, I, I wanted to ask, do you know what Jacob's Ladder is? I know two things that are Jacob's Ladders. Yeah. One is the clickety-clacker wooden toy, <laughs> and one is the electricity thing that goes bzzz, That is not in what Frankenstein. You, not both wrong. But those are both Jacob's Ladders. <laughs> so Jacob's, right, ladder, Jacob's Ladder in this context is uh, a ladder that uh, Esau and Jacob, Jacob dreamed of it. So Esau and Jacob were the sons of Isaac. In the Bible times. In the Bible. The, <laughs> oh, uh, Isaac Hayes. <laughs> Isaac is the son of Abraham. Um, Isaac had two sons. They're twins, mm-hmm. Jacob and Esau. Jacob uh, was favored the by the mother. 
Esau was favored by the father. Eventually, Jacob had to run away. God, basically, Jacob, I, I believe, is the is He's the, the cool founder one. of the of Judaism mm-hmm. or that tribe. He ran away from Esau. He fell asleep. He had a dream. He saw a ladder. Angels and mm. angels were going up and down the ladder. There's lots of different interpretations about what that means, that but it was a ladder world. between heaven and earth. Okay, I think there'd be a better way. <laughs> to get there? They sure. Wings they didn't have escalators back then or elevators. That's true. So that biblical so times. That was a dream. <laughs> oh. I knew it. Yeah. Jacob's Ladder. Uh, this movie also has another name. Dante's Inferno was the other name for this movie. A little, oh. little on the nose. <laughs> you know, when he spends half an hour flipping through the book, Dante's Inferno. <laughs> Looking at pictures from Dante's Inferno. Yeah. So basically what happens in this movie is at the beginning of the movie, you see some Vietnam uh, soldiers sitting around smoking pot. And then all of a sudden something goes horribly wrong. There's movement in the tree line. There's movement in the tree line. Uh, Jacob gets stabbed. And then he wakes up on a subway like 10 years later. And he gets off the the, uh, subway train and he can't get out of the subway Various other things happen. A bunch of weird stuff happens. The end. He thinks he's been... (laughs) Yeah, okay. And then he dies. I think that's it. A bunch of weird stuff happens. Yeah. And then he dies. He tries to investigate what it is. He sees stuff about his ex-wife and his current girlfriend and his child who was killed. And then meets his old Vietnam And basically none of that stuff is happening. He was killed in Vietnam in 1968. And this is all his brain going through the process of dying. Yeah, dreaming, if you will. No, it's kinda... not a dream. <laughs> well, it's how's his, it not a dream? It's his life and his potential lives kind of flashing yeah, by. Yeah, I was trying to figure out where... So in Vietnam, he gets a letter from his son. So he was married and he had kids. Then he went to Vietnam. So that was all flashback. With Jezebel and his Vietnam buddies after the war, that was all imaginary. What would have happened, potentially. It kind of flits between two or maybe more realities of his brain. One where he's with Jezebel, Jezebel, and then one where he's with Sarah, right? Yeah. And Is one where a... he goes to the chiropractor. <laughs> yeah, love the chiropractor in this movie. Well, the chiropractor is basically all right. So one of the one of the things that this movie is based on is a Tibetan, the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Okay. A particular part of that book, which is the part where you, where you are guiding someone from their you know they're dying you're guiding them through death to their next life or okay. enlightenment if they happen to be enlightened um and it's sort of a it's this text that you read while they're going through certain specific stages of death okay. that are defined in the book so that's one of the things this movie is based on the other uh, influence for this movie is a is a story by ambrose bierce who wrote stories about the okay. civil war um, in which a man is being hanged because he uh, sabotaged a bridge. He's a Confederate. He's not a Confederate soldier, but he is a, a Southern gentleman who couldn't be in the Confederate Army. He sabotages a bridge, and the penalty for that is to be hanged. Okay. And he is hanged, but the rope breaks, and he falls into a river, and he runs and runs and runs, <laughs> and eventually he gets home, and then he dies. He did not. The rope did not break. He <laughs> ah. actually was hanged. Mm. So those are two of the influences on this movie. What? What research did you do for this? I mean, what are you pulling you, from from this? Okay, well, <laughs> oh, well, see, there's a lot. So the man who wrote this uh, screenplay 
Bruce Rubin. No, I can never remember his name. Joel. Bruce Bruce, Joel Rubin. Bruce Joel Rubin. Right. For some reason, I can't, I can never remember his last name, but um, he wrote this book. This screenplay has quite a long history. He wrote an essay about it, about Hmm. the making of this movie. Uh, He wrote this book, screenplay. It, it sat around for 10 years before it was made. And in the meanwhile, a couple of different magazines wrote articles about the best screenplay that's never been made or the screenplay that Hollywood is afraid to make. Oh, and is this one of them? This is it. Wow. Uh, Cinefantastique wrote an article about it, and so did American Movie Magazine or whatever it's called. So, um, yeah. It took a long time to get that movie made. Okay, did you read the screen? What did you read? I read the the essay. I read the essay and watched a, a bunch of interviews with Joel Cohen, Rubin. No, I can't. His name, Bruce, Bruce Joel, Joel Rubin. Rubin. I don't know what three first names. Yeah. <laughs> Not too many names. <laughs> anyway, BJR. there was Who a really that? good interview with him. Actually, it was a three-part interview, and he talked at length about this movie because it was it was an important movie to him. Mm. He um, he uh, is was born into the Jewish re- religion, but he spent a lot of time in Asia and like spent three months in a Tibetan monastery. So he had the Buddhists. Right. Experience and to and get he, that, uh, that from. I believe he teaches meditation now, or he was very into meditation. Hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. Did So I'm really curious, before we get into The Babadook, what did you remember from this movie when you saw it? Did you see it in theaters? I mean, you... I think we saw it on a VHS tape. Did I see it when I was a little baby or something? You would have been a baby, yeah. Yeah. You didn't see it. Okay. But you were a baby. <laughs> but I was probably in the room. Well, it came out in 1990, so you would have been yeah, five. Yeah, I could have watched at, this. At the most, but we watched it on tape. So, okay. you know, we were probably seven years old or something. Yeah, probably napping. I was all napping. This informed yeah. your whole life. Yeah. yeah. That's why you are the person that you are. Today. But I still yeah. only knew the two types of Jacob's Ladders, which are Jacob's Ladders, the clickety-clack wooden thing, and the electrical Every zapper. night you ask before you go to sleep, where's my ladder? And I'm like, Jacob, I don't know what the Bring fuck you're talking about. Bring me those clickety-clackers. <laughs> or, if you have the money, one of the electricity's happy ones. <laughs> yeah, whatever is convenient. But you remember watching this and being moved by it. Moved by it and scared. And watching it today, and I wondered about that too, because some of those effects are not effects; they were new. Like I think the, the effects were actually cool, but there were so few of them. Yeah, well, Nine Inch Nails videos really drove them into the ground. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, those squiggly faces. I thought that still worked though. Yeah, I thought the scariest part about this movie, the scariest aspects of the scary parts of this movie, were like all the organs on the ground and the and yeah, the um, sick people in the hospital. They just looked so deranged and. The hospital bed was wheeling over like livers <laughs> and arms, right. and Bits. that was the scariest part. That was a couple of the gnarly. things that informed how it looked were uh, the painter Francis Bacon, okay, who the visual effect of the moving your head really fast mm-hmm. looks quite a bit like some Francis Bacon paintings, okay. And the other thing they had talked a lot about thalidomide. Thalidomide is a is I don't remember how to thali- my head. I, we right. talked a lot well, about it. Uh, the director and the writer mm-hmm. talked a lot about okay. thalidomide. And do you know what thalidomide is? Nope, not I quite. don't. It's a chemical that was given to uh, pregnant women, which then caused deformities. A lot of oh. deformities. Don't do that. Infants. Right. This is like in the fifties or sixties. That's like I did read about that. It was like one of the very first like major public health outrages. Right. Huh. Okay. But what did you? What did? 
Deb, <laughs> when you watched this originally, what was it that you felt? Like, what was the emotional reaction? Because I had very little reaction to this movie, so I'm kind of curious. Well, you know... Aside from being scared, because it was scary. I get that part of it. I think... Well, I've, I've gone through phases of movie watching, right? Mm-hmm. In over decades of watching movies mm. i've gone through phases like i went through a phase of watching you watched a lot of kung fu movies, kung fu movies. at a time in my life no, that i remember um yeah but there was another prior to that we watched a lot of japanese movies like samurai movies which are a lot more mm. serious than mm-hmm. that and this would have coincided with that right yeah. where we were watching more foreign films more more serious things Things that take a lot of attention. I sort of vaguely remember this. I mean, I remember watching samurai movies. That's as far. <laughs> I remember watching Zatoichi, and that's about it. There are some really great samurai movies, but right. um, yeah. But I'm out of that. I'm not in that phase anymore. Now I'm more into. Just but do you being... remember what it was about this movie that affected you? No. Nope. Okay. Not at all. But I will also <laughs> say that this is Tim Robbins. You know, Tim Robbins prior to this had just been in. By the way, Tim Robbins is the star of this movie. He is. He's the Jacob of Jacob's Ladder. Right. And prior to this, he had just mostly been in comedies. I don't know if he had done anything serious. So he'd been in Eric the Viking and he had been in uh, Bull Durham. Uh, all and comedy you love movies. Eric the Viking. I do love Eric the Viking <laughs> yeah. very much. Um, so this was his first uh, serious movie. And I think maybe that was part of it. And he was picked, you said something early on about Tim Robbins, and oh, you just said you liked him, right? Yeah. That was kind of why he was picked for this role. Because he's they, fine. Because he has a certain... Um, je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. He's no. a likable I'm totally going to say what it is. Yeah. It's not je ne sais quoi. <laughs> what is it? Je sais quoi. <laughs> it's, um, he has a certain tenderness and a certain uh, likeness to him. And they picked him because they didn't want the character to be too dark and too depressing because they didn't think an audience would be able to sustain interest if this... I think they're right. I think that was a good choice. It's the yeah. same thing that made him so great in Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah. exactly it. The hot sucker proxy. Yes. <laughs> also comedic, but yeah. sure. Um, now I don't know where You want to talk about the Babadook before we start digging in? Babadook. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so I can give a synopsis. This is Karen Hernandez here. Um, I what can happened? give a synopsis of the Babadook. The movie begins with the... What's her name? I forget her name. Oh, Amelia. Amelia. Amelia is uh, reliving the trauma in her life of her husband driving her to the hospital. She's about to give birth to her son, and her husband dies in a car crash. And I guess she she lives, and her son lives, and this mm. is the great trauma of her life that is affecting her throughout the whole movie. Um, Throughout the whole movie, she we see that um, she's raising her son on her own. She's having a lot of struggles at work, um, keeping focused. She works at an old people's home where I guess a lot of, I don't know, there's a lot of folks there with dementia and they're just getting old and she's mm-hmm. trying to keep them entertained with bingo games and whatnot. Yep. Um, her sister is not the best sister, but Amelia's not really going through a very healthy phase in her life either where she's trying to raise her son, but she's also not dealing with the um, maybe depression slash PTSD. I don't know. I don't know. Something's going on. Yeah. I don't know too much about the categories of um, (laughs) mental health illnesses, but it seems as if Amelia is going through something untreated that she's just trying to get through by um, 
And her son's got some issues, too. Her son has some, maybe, I don't know, Daniel. And makes badass inventions. Yes. He does. Her son actually seems like a freaking genius to me. And yeah. yes, he does speak his mind all the time. And yes, he does throw tantrums. But I mean, like, he's a child. He's seven. And he's trying to get attention from his mother, who is not always 100% there. They do my favorite thing that every every movie with a kid does in the first act where the kid shows some sort of ability or like cool thing that they do. And everyone in the audience is always like, oh, what a cool thing. And then yeah. their authority figure is like, you cut it out. Who do you think you are inventing a time machine? Dumbass. Yeah. Get rid of that crossbow. Yeah. So the mother eventually, um, she's her kid is causing problems at her niece's birthday party he gets he, kicked out of school he gets kicked yeah, out of he school. brings a crossbow it's true <laughs> um so i don't know maybe i do need some help summarizing this movie oh i know get- a couple of things about it like it, the first half of the movie the kid is sort of the villain because he's misbehaving and he's giving he's making her life very stressful he's very loud but then it the sort time. of switches over to her becoming the villain towards yes the second half of the movie which yeah. seems more like what's really been going on all along <laughs> yeah yes. and in the midst of this they find this children's book mr babadook the babadook babadook mr yeah. babadook book Duh. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh it's self- this movie is south australian by the way they all have yes it's mr babadook <laughs> <laughs> so they find this children's story that says there's this horrible monster and if he gets inside of you uh, terrible things will happen yes and they explain that if you ignore him, he's only going to get worse. And yes. The first yeah. time I saw this movie, I really thought that it was an, a, like a symbol of what untreated mental illness would happen to. Oh, yeah. Like, sure. That's the effect that it would have on someone. If you don't treat your mental illness, then it will just grow inside of you and consume you and have this outward negative effect on everyone that you love. Yeah. So... Yeah, um, I guess going back to the synopsis of the story, though, the son gets kicked out of school because he's being too weird. He gets kicked out of his of, of Amelia's niece's birthday party because he's he pushed the girl out of a treehouse because she kept oh, teasing. That's at her birthday party. Oh, that's, that's much later. Oh, that's at her we birthday party. We all thought party. she deserved it. Though. Yeah. Oh, for sure. She sucks. <laughs> she was a biatch. She was saying that he doesn't deserve a dad because he's too weird and all this stuff and saying like, well, everyone has dads except for you. I mean, like if I were a kid and someone was talking crap like me to like that. Push I him out of a treehouse. Yeah. I would just push him. Uh, he does also say, I mean, he builds all of those weapons to protect his mom. Yeah, he loves his mom so much, even he's, though she kind of hates him. He's very afraid of monsters. Before Mr. Babadook appears, yeah. he is very concerned about monsters. He's sleeping with his mom every night. She's kind of not that happy about any of this. She's fatigued. Yeah, she's fatigued. but she also doesn't want him, like does not want to be around him. She wants some time away from him. Uh, I mean, the very first scene is he's in bed with her and he's like hugging her and she like, kind of pushes him away and scoots away. They show that jerk grinding his teeth, and I was like, we're done here. <laughs> I am firmly anti-kid from this point on. Grinding teeth. Yeah, that sounded terrible. But mm-hmm. she grinds her teeth later. Yeah, uh, she develops TMJ for sure, mm-hmm. just from the stress of all this. Um, You're making a face like you don't remember this part. No, I was trying to remember something else. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is it the when she was in bed trying to get like some privacy and oh, like, yeah. just trying to get it on with her vibrator and then herself and then at the and then at the climax or what would have been the climax of it her son barges in because he's very scared and she's just like man you yeah you knew that was gonna happen yeah Yeah. we all knew it was coming and not that kind of nice (laughs) (laughs) lol that's us laughing Uh, so 
I mean, basically, after they read the book, Mr. Babadook, uh, Amelia just starts to degrade. Yeah. Uh, she sees there's mysterious, spooky things happening in her house that she tries to ignore it at first, and then she, like, tears up the book and throws it away, but somebody brings it back. There's bugs in the wall. There are bugs sees. in the wall, but then there's not bugs in the wall. She crashes her car. Mm-hmm. Eventually. She sits in the bathtub fully clothed. <laughs> I see you looking at your notes, Daniel. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> but these are all th- the things that she's going through. Yeah, she tries to go to the police, but she sees behind the policeman a Mr. Babadook costume. costume, and she's like, goodbye. That was interesting because her son had set up a suit in the basement that was his dad that was very similar to the Babadook yes. suit in the police station. And there's one in the bedroom, too. There's yeah, like, she's got one in the corner of her bedroom. Like a hat and a jacket hung up to look like a kind of a shape. Look, people in Australia like preparing their full day's outfit in advance. <laughs> so. Hanging it on and the posing wall, it I guess. like it's alive. <laughs> uh, when the book gets torn up, then she burns it up. Um, that's before she goes to see the police. Well, and also the book has Changes. some blank pages at the end. Yes. And later, they're not blank anymore. It it's gets filled in. With her. Also, the dog dies. Spoiler alert. <gasps> oh. She sees in their pop-up book in the new pages that it's her. She snaps her dog's neck. She stabs her son. And then she kills herself in the book. Yeah. Because Mr. Babadook is, I don't know, taking control of her. It's a Well, he gets unclear. inside of her. Yeah. Uh, the kid early on says, don't let him in, don't let him in. And then later she does let him in. And I think that's when she starts going down to, you know, killing the dog. And yeah. does she stab someone in the leg? She gets she stabbed gets in the stabbed. leg. Yeah. By, she gets leg stabbed in the leg. I mean, like, it's, it seems like throughout most of the movie, the son knows what's going on more than the mother oh, for sure. knows what's going on. The son can see her depression and whatever her mental illness is, just developing and turning her into a very cruel and mean and deep-voiced, very deep-voiced. Oh, yeah. yeah. Door-kicking mom. Yeah, that door-kicking was pretty impressive. <laughs> uh, well, why don't we talk about the ending? Because I think that's where things change. I mean, in this... So she kills her dog. She tries to attack her son, and the son stabs her in the leg. But- uh, she eventually confronts Mr. Babadook... Well, her son confronts her. She barfs up a bunch of black goo. Yeah. Well, she goes to strangle her son. Oh, we are totally skipping over we the Home Alone-style traps yes. that this kid has set up yeah. all over the place. Yeah. Do it, Daniel. He was setting him up earlier in the movie, too. You yeah. see him doing it. Oh, yeah. He's he, got like, his goes catapult. in the basement often. Yep. Yeah, and uh, she's chasing her son around, trying to kill him, and gets bedeviled by all sorts of... You cool know, traps. Roller skates and paint cans. <laughs> and what have you. Home Alone fair. And then uh, finally ties his mom up down in the basement. Yeah. She breaks out of it and starts strangling him. And then he gently caresses her face. <laughs> yeah. Reminding her what true humanity <laughs> and love is. Then she barfs up a bunch of blood goo. Yeah. That scene, by the way, really brought me back to that one movie we saw that was set in colonial times where there was also a scene the of... Pa- yeah, the Vavitch. There was a scene oh, of patricide yeah. and the daughter is trying to like her last... The mother's last moment of life was her daughter trying to like caress her and just say like hey i'm your daughter you're supposed to love me her mom yeah yeah, so that that really recalled that scene for me yeah um she barfs up some black goo the they she confronts the babadook and says take a hike you dick yeah and it shows her a vision of her husband dying 
She has to relive that. Yeah, yeah. he gets his head sliced in half. Yeah. How would that happen in a car accident? <laughs> Riddle me that, Baba Duke. <laughs> uh, and then we see cut to some amount of time later. She's talking to Child Protective Services, she's trying to say, "Hey, we've got some progress here. <laughs> We're a little out. bit better now." Yeah, she's working with her neighbor to like get a little support for her fatigue and help with raise her son. Yeah, um, and her son is digging up worms. Son's digging up worms. They put him in a bowl, and she takes him downstairs to the Baba Duke to feed him. Yeah. So They've... they just make peace with him, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense with Karen's mental illness theory. They've dealt with him, but he's not gone. Like, he's not just gone. They have to still deal with that. You have to actively, like, try to work with this thing that you Well, you have to accept that it, that it is. Yeah. Yeah. I read it more as just plain old grief rather than mental illness specifically, I think. Which Maybe is... I read that somewhere. Well, yeah, I read that somewhere, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this movie is based on a short that was made by the director. Oh, I don't know that. And I watched the short. It's about 10 minutes long, and it's very similar. It ends with the Babadook in a closet, and she just leaves a glass of milk outside for it. Oh. Yeah. Which one did you like better? The, both. <laughs> well, that's well, not one an was a little more one was a little more polished than the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely the movie, mm. the Babadook, okay. um, for lots of reasons. And okay. it had something that Jacob's Ladder didn't have, which is the, um... Spooks. <laughs> it's scary. A plot. Well, yeah, sure. Um, the production art, the production design. Oh, it's beautiful. Of the oh, it's amazing. And Love it's not colorized. That's the other thing. This movie's not colorized. They colorized it by painting the walls and making people wear colors. There's no colorization of the film, mm, which is okay. very common. Well, there wasn't in Jacob's Ladder either, because it was pretty. <laughs> I love the lighting in the Babadook, like the way yeah. that they they depict the basement, and then there's some sort of light shining through. Maybe there's like a window in the basement. Um, I love the lighting mm-hmm. of the house, of the kitchen. I love the sound. Oh, the of sound. His voice and the music oh, and stuff. It's and, all the, great. and the insects just chittering around. I will say, the Babadook made a dragon noise sound effect. Oh, twice. I recognize that mm-hmm. immediately. Uh, which is from a video game. It's the sound dragons make in Warcraft 2. Like, everything, all the bug noises and everything else is so great. And then they got, like, yeah, monster noise number four dot wave. And they're like, man, good enough. Yeah, that's Stick fine. it in there. I mean, I think that, I assume that this movie was not that expensive to make. Right. It was her first movie. So I bet she didn't have all that much money to do it with. Because there's a lot of, like, cost-cutting measures they do that I saw. But I was like, they're doing a great job with this. A lot of it takes place in that one home. In that yeah. one, in really the kitchen and a bedroom. And all of that was constructed, too. That mm-hmm. wasn't actually the interior of a real place. Oh. It was, all it was. those rooms were built. Oh. And there were certain scenes they had to shoot certain ways because if you looked outside of the window, <laughs> there. there wasn't anything no. out there. Right. Well, I mean, I think a lot of the scenes with the Babadook, I mean, the last scene where she's feeding it, it's from the Babadook's point of view. So it's just her. It's a very scary scene, but you're not actually seeing... Like, there's no special effects on that. It's just a camera and her face, but shot in a way where it's, like, above her. So whatever's looking at her is really tall, and she's very scared. Like, they do a lot of... Or the scene where she finally confronts it, it's mostly her yelling into, like, a black void. Yeah. And then her dad... Like, her, her husband walks out of that void. But they save... Like, they make a lot with what I assume is a very low budget. It looks good. It sounds good. The monster's scary. This, the part where she's watching an old film on TV and the Babadook keeps appearing in it. Oh, and yeah. That was cool. Oh, the hat. The Babadook's hat. Yeah. Tri- trivia. Sure. It is uh, based on the hat worn by Lon Chaney in a movie called London After Midnight, which hmm. is from the 20s. 
and it's a famously famously lost film. Hmm. The last oh. copy of it burned up in a, in an MGM fire. At some Good point. job, MGM. Thanks a lot. But it's a very you'll you probably will recognize it if you ever see it. It's Lon Chaney with you know Lon Chaney makeup. If you know who Lon Chaney I'm is, shaking my head because I don't uh, know. He was he was very famous for his makeups. Hmm. But uh, okay. that's what the hat for the Duke was based on. Do you know, I mean, what, what's the Babadook? No idea. That's just a made-up thing from some made-up thing? Well, it was in the short that she wrote, so I think okay. it's from her. I think okay. it's from the director, who also wrote the movie. Because, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if it was made up. It wouldn't surprise me if this was, like, a thing that already existed. Because, I mean, the, the, the movie posits, like, she's got this book, and she doesn't recognize the character. But the book like, was made for this movie. Um, did you watch the United States of Terra? No. I know what it is. There's an opening sequence. The man who designed the opening sequence for that show also designed the book. Oh, okay. The actual book in the movie. The actual book. It's that book actually is, handcrafted. Oh, it's so beautiful. That's oh, cool. My sister in high school for AP art, she had to make a pop-up book. And the amount of work that goes into that, like the pop-up stuff in this Mr. Babadook book is so cool. Oh, especially once it comes back a second time. Oh my god, yeah. yes. Like the dog's neck actually snaps. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The blood <laughs> coming out. Oh, yeah. it was Don't oh. pull the little red tab and make the blood. Stop pulling that, Amelia. <laughs> you want to pull that tab though. It's like, oh, pull that tab. Yeah. So those are the two movies. Hey, they're both dreams. I'm start there. <laughs> well, they're not both dreams. They're both metaphysical, right? They're both about Wait, I had a great idea not that long ago about what these two movies were about. What are these two movies about? Um, but I forgot. So Dreams. That's what it is. Then you just don't want to admit it. Well, no, they both kind of have to deal with what's happening to them, right? Yes. He's dying, and that's his goal. His challenge is dealing with the fact that he's dying and letting go of life so that right. he can move on. She's dealing with grief, and her challenge is to accept that she has grief and not pretend like it's not there. Someone else died for her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I the mean, end. Episode over. Yeah, <laughs> we <laughs> got <laughs> it. <laughs> well, this made me think. Both movies make me think a lot about my like my undergrad days as a philosophy major, where we talked about the dream argument and uh, this. I'm drunk, What's by the, the way, argument? so this is drunken philosophy. All right, 101. so we'll put this down to as episode usual. six. Uh, <laughs> as usual, all, all episodes where you're drunk. So, um, from what I remember, Aristotle and Plato, and famous, most famously, Rene Descartes was all about the dream argument and said, "Well, you can't trust all of your senses because." In your dreams, you're not you're you don't feel all of your senses happening, which I disagree with. Um, <laughs> you uh, should you should repeat your dream that you had this week. Maybe oh. later. It's such a brutal <laughs> dream. Great. Um, but yeah, the dream argument says that you can't really trust your dreams or your reality because your senses aren't you know what your senses tell you isn't what is actually happening or could not actually be what's happening. Yeah, they're fallible. Yeah. <laughs> So don't trust your senses, people, even though you got five of them. Six if you count umami. Wait, is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, that's a sense. Yes. You should trust the Pope. That's what I'm learning from Yeah, that. so that it just really reminded me of philosophy and, and just all the people in my intro classes just being like, oh, but this is, this is just a dream, so it doesn't even all matter anyway. Well, that's kind of like Buddhism, too, though, mm -hmm. where, I mean, the point of it is to just not get attached to anything because none of it's real. 
and your whole object is to the more if you can detach yourself from everything you become enlightened and you don't have to you keep live in the being present reborn. you experience what's coming in yeah we're yeah. all just in a cave looking at shadows dancing on the wall and <laughs> tasting right. umami <laughs> umami <laughs> i so i i wanted to uh, i want to go around the table what did you think of these two movies karen here on my left well i've seen the babadook three times <laughs> How did you like it? Um, the first time I saw it with my siblings, and it was pretty scary, but when I tried to talk, this was at a time that I was interning as a public defender in mental health court, and so I really thought, like, oh, man, this lady is going through mental health issues. Like, it really <laughs> seems like it. So that's what colored that for me. Um, but my my other sibling was like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's just a scary movie with a bunch of scary stuff oh, happening in it. In there. <laughs> and so I was like, no, actually. Which sibling is it? Name names. I want to tell <laughs> no, you that. I'm not going <laughs> to name Text your names. sibling and say they're wrong. Um, but my other sibling Louise. was like, oh, yeah. You got it. <laughs> but my I other sibling, Kathy, was like, yeah, you know, I think I get what you're coming from. Like, this is symbolic of okay. the whatever's going on with the mother inside her head and it's kind of um but yeah the uh, the second time i don't remember when i watched that probably when i was just hanging out in my old apartment um and then the third time was for this podcast did it hold up on repeated viewings i liked it the third time okay yeah what do you think of jacob's ladder i liked jacob's ladder for the fashions how did you like uh, Jacob's I, Ladder, though? I thought the movie itself was boring. <laughs> hey, Mom, what Sorry. did you think? You've seen Bob well, the Duke once, but you've seen Jacob's Ladder twice. Okay, but so we were watching the movie, and I literally said this movie's boring. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but you were pranking us, right? <laughs> that was a joke? She's no, trying to lead us. <laughs> uh, I... I know that I really liked Jacob's Ladder the okay. first time I saw it. But that was a long time ago, before movies evolved into what they are now sure uh, iron man iron Rogue man. one yeah. thor 2 rag or thor 2 the dark like whatever every second of your you don't have time to think about movies now because they're just they're batter- too great they're battering you with so much uh stimulation yeah sure um so that jacob's ladder didn't hold up because of that i think there it, were some good scenes some oh, really absolutely. beautiful scenes and even some of the scary scenes were like gripping i love that part where they were in the car and they took um jacob hostage and you could see Wrestling footage his way out. Yeah. she did she really did love. oh that. my god yes see <laughs> everyone here can say that i love that that was my yeah. favorite part of the movie i don't think that affected the rest of us as much what though. that was so intense i it... The scenes, I was surprised how slow everything was, mm-hmm. right? But that's something we've experienced watching other old movies. Although I mean, I'm this surprised because this is not that old. Right. This we've is... seen, recently, we've seen some better things. There's like, like Indiana Jones and Gremlins as well, contemporaries we... to this. Deb and I watched Ghost on the Plane back from D.C. to Seattle. Also, also written by Bruce Joel Rubin. Oh. Okay, and that ghosts. movie is perfectly paced and has everything you ever want in a movie. Oh, it's yeah. so good. Okay. We both cried on the plane. I didn't cry. Oh, you cried. I totally didn't cry. Damn it. I cried. <laughs> I cried enough for both of us. We'll Del- let the record say that we're not sure if my mom cried. So Delta watched, Airlines, let when, us know. Jacob, when was the last time you saw me cry? I don't know when a parakeet died. That's possibly true. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only time. I cried like a baby. That movie, I've watched that movie a few times in my life, and wow, man, that movie's so sad. And they were both yeah. made at the same time. Ghost and uh, Which Jacob's one came line. first? Ghost was released first. Okay. And it was also like the most popular movie of that year. Yeah. And then Jacob's Ladder came out. It was uh, not that popular, 
and mm-hmm. got more of a cult following. People still write about Jacob's Ladder. You don't see essays about Ghost now. <laughs> I'll write one. People 100%. This movie's great by <laughs> Jacob Kuykendall. <laughs> you have not read my blog. <laughs> but people write essays about Jacob's Ladder even now, contemporary times. Well, we can ask Daniel about writing essays about movies. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm an expert at that. Uh, what did you think of The Babadook? The Babadook was a very good movie. Okay. It was, uh, you didn't, it was one of those movies where you just sit and you watch it and you don't want to leave the room, right? Because you <laughs> don't know what's going to happen next and you're interested in what's going to happen. Okay. I don't, I don't really think What about you, what? Daniel? <laughs> yeah, what Daniel, did you what do you think? I don't like either of them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, they're fine. They're, you know... Duke was, was probably being a jerk about it. I think I have this Pavlovian response since we're on a bad movie podcast together. I will sit down to watch a movie and be like, this is going to be terrible. <laughs> have a negative mindset going into it. Yeah. Um, but I didn't like the Duke that much. I gave it a B minus. Karen literally, after we were done, said B minus. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Yeah. What, what grade did you give to Jacob's Ladder? Ungradable. <laughs> Whoa. J plus. Yeah. Um, uh, like, don't look at your notes. You don't have a review in there. Sure, I do. Let me flip through here. <laughs> flip. Is that cursive? I see. No, it's halfway. No, uh, yeah, I just didn't like. Baba Duke didn't speak to me as much as I thought it would, and I think I ruined myself because I did what I always do and read the Wikipedia for both of these things before <laughs> watching that. the movie. I know, but it definitely colored my viewing and what I was expecting from it. In so. the Wikipedia, do they say it was a mental illness? They might they might say that like it's well, a metaphor for I think, grief I mean, in the Wikipedia. Yeah, I think yeah. grief is okay. the is the thing. Because uh, I mean we both read the Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't and I just I thought I thought like PTSD, like well both in the Babadook and in um Jacob's Ladder, it seems like both characters are suffering from post traumatic stress disorder where I mean I I no, I agree with that. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not an expert in any of this, by the way. It's just they just Podcast, seem like they're an expert. <laughs> I'm an expert in everything. Um, but yeah, they, they see both characters seem like they're dealing with this event that caused so much. I don't know, this overwhelming event that was so damaging and traumatic and, well, and you know, they didn't never say, really processed it, might, it. The Babadook might hit you differently if you had children. Right. Yeah. So of the four of us, I'm the only one who actually has children that you and, know of. Right. Sure. Jacob has five kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. Jacob. <laughs> Daniel. But we don't talk about that. Um, no, I mean, like the scene of her. That was one of the other things that the director talked about was ex- uh, describing how parents don't always want to be parents. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's not a very popular Topic what are you to trying to say, from? Mom? <laughs> <laughs> I, well, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I could totally see my parents not wanting to be parents of three kids, all under the age of five, and then later four, all under the age yeah, of six. Yeah, but you kids are all crappy. Where I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, Jacob's <laughs> always fun. Jacob's the best. Uh, but that scene where she's trying, where the kid is like all over her. Yeah, her, she's got this small child clinging to her, and he's do, and he's clinging to her because she's rejecting of him. Not only when she's, she's rejecting of him all the time, even when yeah. she's reading him a book or trying to comfort him. It she's not all into that relationship. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the scene where he's like all over her, he's got like his arm over her and his leg over her. He's trying to get some attention. Right, he's trying to get. He's trying to suck love out of her, which isn't how love works, right? <laughs> yeah. And then she moves away. Yeah. Well. If you're parents can probably relate to that more sure. than people who don't have parents where there's this time where you've got other stuff going on in your life, like 
I had a bad day at work and my kid is clamoring all over me and wants something from me. Yeah. And I ma, just ma, 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 need ma, to get ma, ma, ma. in the other room and close the door and, you know. Yeah. So that's a, I don't know. That's, that's a thing. That's, yeah, that's a, a real thing. thing. Right. Uh, I didn't even, yeah. I don't have kids and did not really pick up on that when I was watching that scene where the kid's like on top of her. I thought it was like, wow, this kid's annoying. Does it remind <laughs> you of your cats? <laughs> no, but I love them. I'm all into that relationship. <laughs> I am not withholding from them. Uh, one thing that kind of bugged me about the Babadook is that the kid goes from um, over the top, anxious, screaming, like just a constant nuisance and then halfway through the movie, once the mom becomes a bad guy, is a beautiful angel that could, like precocious, beautiful, smart boy that can do no wrong and knows a solution to all problems. Maybe well, it's just because the role changed. I, like my interpretation of it was that he was always the hero. Yeah. Because he said from the beginning, I want to protect you. It was more yeah. that we're seeing it from her perspective, right? So from the beginning, he is a he is something she doesn't want. She wants to get so anything that he does to try to get her attention or get love from her or protect her from herself is seen as a nuisance and something she wants away. Yeah. And when it swaps over to where she is a danger, then he gets to sh be the hero that he kept saying he wanted to be for her. So maybe that's why I like the movie better than you do. Yeah. Could <laughs> be. Oh, I mean, we did forget to say that halfway through the movie, the kid gets... Uh, a bunch of sedatives <laughs> oh, yeah. for the rest yes. of it. Which reminded me of the bad seed, by the way. Yes, right. yes. The vitamins. When Jacob when Jacob and I were watching this movie, I said this would be a really great pairing with the bad seed. Mm -hmm. Yep. Although he's a good seed, as it turns out. He's <laughs> but in the bad seed, the mother is also going through this, like she's being affected mentally by her daughter's yeah. change. And you I can mean, she's a stalker. Right? Yeah, and you can see the mom like dealing and having a hard time with her daughter being this like potentially sociopath yeah sociopath <laughs> not potentially like i guess for reals <laughs> for real sociopath <laughs> so you can see that in the mom and the babadook as well yeah. hmm. what do you think jacob i liked them both a little uh, <laughs> uh so jacob's ladder which i saw they're making a, a yes. sequel to a remake what a bad idea who's gonna play who i don't know What's... i looked at the names I didn't that's terrible them. i think it's a bad idea too I... well and it's not about the same oh, subject that's matter. even worse okay i like conceptually i like jacob's ladder but it was too slow i think that it was a not that great movie that had some really good actors in it like that was the feeling i got of like tim robbins is great and he's a really good actor so some of the scenes that were really boring or didn't go anywhere like were okay because he can sell that uh, because I didn't care about any of the other characters or yeah, what they that, were going through. Yeah, that surprised through. me as well. I was surprised how little attachment I had to anyone except for Danny Aiello. He was the only one that I had. Danny Aiello is he also... He was the angel. A... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The chiropractor? The chiropractor. I thought mm. his friend, the guy with the wiggly eyes, I can't remember his name, that actor's name, mm -hmm. I thought he was good for the like one scene he was in. I love Jez true. I love Jezebel's style. I loved her outfits. I loved her hair. I loved her makeup. Her attitude was a little sassy, but hey, I'm a fan of sassy, so. Yeah, but I didn't care for her. I yeah, like, she was she kind was of, great. she, at the end of the day, she was like a shit, you know. Yeah, she was sometimes well, nice to him, sometimes awful. That's no interesting, reason. too. So when they were writing the script, they wanted to make sure that she was not, she was neither too bad nor too good. Well, she saved him. She saved his life with the ice bath. It's true. Like but when... I think she's supposed to represent Satan. 
Mm. Really? I mean, her name's yeah. Jezebel. Like the famous website. <laughs> she just kind of like largely torment him. Right. A and maybe bit. she was trying to hold him. I mean, if that's true and if all the other stuff that I read is true, maybe she's Satan because she's trying to keep him tied to life when he should be letting go. Oh. Yes. But she's also telling him, get rid of your, don't talk about your ex-wife. And get don't. Get rid of your photos, which is what the demons are supposed to do is get rid of his connections to earth. Right. But mm. also when he, I mean, what heaven turns out to be is his home. And she's yeah. trying to keep him from it. The The one note I, I made about that movie, I wrote this down. So he's, it's early on in the movie. He's sitting on the bed. She gives him a package that somebody gave her, some small child, or one of his own children. Yeah. And it's a bunch of photographs. And I thought, wow, his life is literally flashing before his eyes right now. <laughs> There's all these photos from his childhood. Yeah, mm-hmm. to, his, to his infancy, there was a picture of him himself as a baby among all the other photographs. I mean, the other thing I'll say about Jacob's Ladder is, like, I think Karen made a good point about they're both kind of about PTSD, except the problem I kind of have with both these movies and movies where some of it's real and some of it's not is, like, it's not really PTSD for him because he's dead. He never experienced post-traumatic. He had trauma and then died. Right, except that the trauma is death in this movie. Right, but his post-traumatic disorder, his post-trauma is I guess as his ghost is leaving his body. Well, that's what you find out at the very end. But throughout the whole movie, you're seeing symptoms of what could be PTSD. You do, but then when you find out why he's experiencing it, it's not because he was injured in Vietnam and survived and is traumatized. He experienced an injury in Vietnam and died. And we have to kind of read into like... Well, his experience is traumatic because when you go to heaven, this is what happens. Well, I think I, I think you're reading it a little too closely. Like if you are watching this movie and maybe you've survived the war in Vietnam, you might see this movie and you might think, hey, I don't know, I might kind of relate to some of the stuff that that guy's going through. I mean, like you watch it till the end and you find out that he actually died on the table when they were trying to fix him. But you see this movie throughout the whole movie, you're thinking like, oh, I kind of sort of maybe have some similar-ish experiences and maybe I might want to talk to someone about them. And to some extent, that might be why it was more effective in 1990 than now. Oh, sure. Because the Vietnam War is so long, is way back. I mean, that was, I mean, that's also the the issue maybe I had with the Babadook is I enjoyed parts of it. Some of it was a little slow. Some of it was cool. It's visually and like uh, orally really cool but when it's done i'm i was left going like well if some of this was in her imagination but some of it wasn't like what were the consequences to these things like her son did stab her in the leg and then she's meeting child protective services and they're like oh it looks like you're healing up nicely and i'm like there your son has bruises on his neck like (laughs) i thought that must be imaginary except it maybe it's not like there are the issue with making something where like some of it's real and some of it's not, is at the end of the movie, I'm racking my brain going like, okay, which of these things happened and what were the consequences? And that bothers me. Well, I think also that the end of the movie, yeah, there's a lot of questions like that and you you can fixate on that part. And I did. But you can also <laughs> fixate on the idea of redemption and also like dealing, like showing the process of healing. Like this is the beginning processes of healing for this woman and her child like this is the beginning of their relationship together like yeah you can fixate and all the on... you can make a movie that has those things 
and is all like you can you can have a movie that doesn't have those flaws. Maybe if you had a bigger budget, but this was a lady filmmaker, and maybe they don't <laughs> give a lot of money to lady filmmakers. You can have lines that cover some of these things, not I special don't know. effects. I, that come I think up. that yeah. Well, what you're saying is there's a lot of there's a lot of questions at the end of the movie, and a lot of threads that aren't exactly tied up very nicely. You can also see the end of it as like a hey, this woman is trying to make things right in her life by trying to deal with whatever's going on in her head and also trying to pay more attention to her son and acknowledging her son's birthday. Thank goodness he's having a yeah, birthday. finally gets a birthday. That sounds cool. Oish. You know, yeah. like that, even though it's not perfect, it's better than what it was before. And it's a healing, it's a it's a path to like... I mean, if you're saying it's a B-minus movie, I agree with you. But yeah. like, there are flaws in <laughs> this movie. It is a B-minus like... movie. There are flaws. I acknowledge that. But I also think that if you can, like, just as you're offering the... Hey, guys, can you just take it outside into the alley? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here, Jacob. I disagree with your opinion of it. There's just, there's a bad ending and then there's a better way to see that bad ending. I don't disagree. I liked it very much, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I liked, there were parts of it I liked. I just wish that when you're doing like a hallucination, one of these endings that there's like, I expect a certain amount of care. I didn't feel like the Babadook was about hallucinations. I thought at, at most the monster is a metaphor, not a hallucination. I mean, that's what I say too, but some of that stuff happened and some of that stuff was supernatural. But the boy experienced it as well. Right. Yeah, That's he got then, dragged up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Or or he didn't, and she imagined that. But, like, the book was real. But he I was assume. afraid from the very yeah. start. Well, I the, just don't like look, getting to an end of a movie and then looking back and being like, well, there are some scenes that don't... There are bits of this that don't tie together. That's like all horror movies. What are you going to say, Daniel? Yeah. Oh, well... Hey, that's not very nice. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, there... I thought that the movie, or the Babadook, might have been trying to imply that she wrote the book because she goes to the police station, has a bunch of charcoal over her hands, but she also just burnt it. So maybe yeah. it was that. Who knows? Right. Like, I, I, you know, I, I don't need an explanation for stuff like that. I'm not trying to say that, like, you need to have an ending that explains the plot holes, let's say, or the holes in, like, the story. But I don't like it when there are explanations and then later you find out those explanations may or may not have been true. Oh. Like, if you're not going to explain. Whether or not this was true or not, don't bother. Like, just don't don't cover the ground of like, oh, she was stabbed in the leg. Just don't have her mention whether her leg was stabbed or not, and I can make that decision for myself. But if you say she was stabbed in the leg, then I'm going like, well, if she was stabbed in the leg, why isn't Child Protective Services right. messed up? I see, about and why that? aren't they looking at the bruises on the kid's neck, which are very obvious, even though he's got a collar yeah. shirt on. Yeah, there's I, a lot of stuff left yeah. ambiguous, and you can leave other stuff ambiguous, and I'm happy with it. But if you explain that this literally happened, then I have to be like. Well, then are the child protective services people not there or they just don't care? Like, yeah, I get I get your qualms about it for that. But I think still at the very end, you can choose to see it as a movie full of question marks or a movie that shows some (laughs) signs of redemption, a potentially silver lining. I I also have to say and that does make it unique as a horror movie oh, most yeah. of the time they end with everyone's dead and the <laughs> monster's coming back in the sequel yeah this one they actually beat the monster yeah they that is do. a very rare occurrence in horror movies yeah both of these had happy endings if you consider dying a happy ending well he's making peace at least and he's yeah. being reconnected with his with his son that was killed i guess too soon by some fatal tragic his- accident Macaulay His son, Culkin. who is Kevin McAllister. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> they go up the stairs. 
<laughs> Love that guy. Yeah. So why did a dude show up and explain that Tim Robbins got super serum that drove him crazy in his dream yeah, where he's I passing on the afterlife. About that as well. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if this is all a dream or hallucination, I think that is his explanation for what he sees. He's trying to come up with, well, I I died, but I don't know that. But like, I'm experiencing all this stuff in my life again and all the problems that I don't know. And a life that it. never happened. And, a li- mm-hmm. and ISIS, my impression is that when he has the fever and bad, he sees bad stuff, that's his body basically rejecting this imagination he's come up with. And he comes up with an explanation of like, oh, you had hallucinations. You were injected with a drug that tries to explain how this goes uh, away. I oh. hope that when I die and I'm replaying all the shit in my life that never made sense in the first place that there's someone some cool angel there with <laughs> with cool clear rimmed glasses that says hey man it's because of this and it's because of that yeah and you didn't know it at the time but there was some cool drug i invented that made this all happen there's <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> a cool drug that someone gave you and made you pee your pants right. in front of the whole class yeah. in seventh grade <laughs> yeah there's just there's a reason out there and it makes total sense and you didn't know it at the time i'm the angel it's I call cool it angel. Dust. <laughs> yeah, PCP. I, I will say the one thing about Jacob's Ladder that doesn't make any sense is the ending where, where it comes up on the screen. In Vietnam, soldiers were given the drug BZ. Yeah, based on a true story. <laughs> it stands for bazonkers. <laughs> what is that supposed to be? Well, actually, I think that was supposed to be. That wasn't. That didn't read the way I thought it was going to, based on what I knew from the essay. Mm. From the essay, I thought that what that what the end thing was going to be was this isn't about that. Yeah. Because they only put, the only reason to put, they added Vietnam into the story to give him. Like trauma? Right. Context for the trauma? Right. Context. Yeah, that was fine. It was not supposed to be a movie about Vietnam at all. Oh. That was something they added into it to, you know, this is how he dies. He dies in a stressful situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Could be driving his so, pregnant wife to the hospital. Would a guy <laughs> with glasses be drafted into a war? Yes. I think for Vietnam they were. Uh, okay. Yes, for sure. My brother wears glasses and he was in the army. But he wasn't drafted. Okay. He wasn't drafted. But they, they don't reject you for wearing glasses. Okay. Yeah. They only reject you for bone spurs and whatever. <laughs> being rich. It's not being, yeah, being poorly groomed. You know, all those good things. Yes. Yeah. I'm just saying that as examples of reasons you wouldn't get drafted, not naming any particular people who weren't drafted. What are some similarities that we haven't named yet between the Babadook and uh, Jacob's Ladder? Puke Covered the Macaulay kids. Culkin angle. Puke. Yeah. There was puke. There was puke in both movies. That's true. What else? <laughs> cool fashion. Cool fashion. I mean, they were both dreams. We can all agree on that. That's all. Yeah, you it. couldn't really tell in both movies. You couldn't really tell what was reality and what was... Neither Not of reality. Them were dreams. Shut up. <laughs> I guess we need to define dream. Right. Actually, I know how we'll do this. Dreams last for so Tweet long, us even if after you think they're it's gone. a dream or not. The, the reason that I think it's not a dream. Well, I mean, I guess you could define it as a dream. That's what I'm doing. He's not literally asleep and dreaming. Right. It's not asleep and dreaming. <laughs> he's dying and he's going through the process of dying. Yeah. I consider that a dream. But in the movie, <laughs> throughout the movie, like before you see the ending, you think that he might just be in and out of sleep. And you think that what he's seeing, you've got his dream life and you've got his real life. And you don't know which is which. Who uh, who was totally unspoiled going into this thing? 
Me? Only Karen. Well, I guess in Jacob's I'm Ladder. No, I was totally spoiled. I knew right. one thing about this, which was that it was a dream. <laughs> I knew zero things about Jacob's Ladder, and I knew all of the things for the Babadook. So, yeah. like, how long did it take you to figure out what was going on? Until the end. Yeah. Yeah. Until the end. I, I was surprised. I, you know, I totally spoiled myself like a big dum-dum, but yeah, the entire movie I was sitting around like, why are we doing these long, loving, lingering shots on this guy flipping yeah. photographs? And it's all fake. It's yeah, all no, fake. It, it was, doesn't matter. It was not until the end that I thought like, oh, that's what's going on here. I mean, without the ending where they kind of lay it all out, this could be like, I can't remember that Kurt Vonnegut story where the guy's jumping through time. Oh, uh, Slaughterhouse-Five. So, oh, yeah, Slaughterhouse-Five. I yeah. think there's another one where they're jumping through time, too. But, like, he is, he's in Vietnam, and then he's in his current Captured time. by Martians. Yeah, that is Slaughterhouse-Five, He's in yeah. his apartment, and then he's also married, and, like, he's jumping through. Like, that would be another explanation for what's happening. But that also happens in Sirens of Titan. I yeah. I had another piece of trivia that I thought would be relevant to, I know, completely not what you're talking about right now. <laughs> I just remembered. Yeah. Um, so, Frankenstein... The book Frankenstein mm-hmm. was conceived from a dream. Jacob's Ladder was also conceived from a dream. Mm. The author had a dream where he was in a subway station and he couldn't get out. And it was a terrifying experience. And that was yeah, the nugget for the for writing this book Although, or a script. Like, that's a terrifying experience, but that scene in the movie's not that scary. Well, you no. weren't paying attention. I was watching. <laughs> was it scary to you? No. <laughs> it was very scary. <laughs> just to check. I, I mean, thought I... that part of the movie was just like, oh, here's this, you know, like, white guy on the train. He hmm. expects everyone on the train to speak English, and he's talking English <laughs> to this Why woman am I here? What am I doing? who may or may not speak English, and he's just like, fine, I guess you won't talk to me then, where I'm maybe lost. maybe she just might not speak English. I don't know. I would be very confused if someone just came up I and talked to me me like at midnight and tried to like ask me questions on the train i would be very suspicious of them too oh so you were mad at him well i was just like (laughs) oh here we go again like this is the this is the hero of the movie but he's also this like entitled white guy who's just like oh talk to me talk to me i can't believe you're not talking to me (laughs) yeah tell me where my stop is can you tell me everything (laughs) clearly you can't so let me just go away yeah but she's like a demon or something i don't know you know whatever (laughs) i just was like that part of the movie was kind of annoying to me I think it would be scary to be trapped on a subway stop, but in the movie, it's not that scary. What is that metaphorically, I guess? And who are the creepy guys with masks on in the train? I guess the train might be symbolizing like, hey, you know, he's supposed to go to hell, but he's just kind of hanging on and trying to get off on his stop. Like he literally missed his stop and maybe he's like... Based on the description by the Danny Aiello character, hell is just you, you're in hell as long as you don't give up. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you're not willing to give up life, you will be in hell. Hmm. And then if you give up life, then your son takes you upstairs. But that whole that whole idea is (laughs) just like (laughs) so. We mentioned ghost in the earlier on this Mm -hmm. podcast. Like the whole idea of ghost is this one character, Patrick Swayze, who doesn't want to give up yet, and I guess he's he's kind of in a figurative hell, just like trying to make his fiance realize what was actually going on. Right. Well, if you think about it in exactly the same way, he's not willing to give up life. Yeah. And until he does, he is willing to give up life. He's stuck there. Yeah. He's Although tormented. He's not, he's not that tormented though. I mean, he's able to be the hero. He's having an it's true. okay time, except he falls. He gets to his kiss his wife as Whoopi Goldberg. Whoop, whoop. Mm-hmm. 
they do a dance. Yeah, they, he's, you know, it doesn't seem exactly like hell. Like it. I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out that in The Matrix Revolutions, he also gets stuck in a subway literally called Purgatory yeah. while he's trying to escape. Well, there are a lot of movies, actually. I think that might have been one of them that are... Uh, Based on... That use they have Jacob's Ladder stuff. They have stuff. Jacob's Ladder stuff in them. Yeah. yeah. That would make sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> Including, a, I guess, a Simpsons episode... Twilight Zone, a bunch of stuff. I mean, Kyle Gass is in this movie. I want to point that out. Oh, yeah. Love Kyle. I was a whole bunch of people are in this movie. Yeah. Ving Rhames is in it for a little bit. Uh, Eric LaSalle is in it. Um, Yeah. I mean, do you guys have anything else to say about Jacob's Ladder before we go into the cocktail zone? Uh, The CZ? Let me think. Well, okay. We talked about Tim Robbins. Reminds me of Tropic Thunder. Uh, The woman who played Jezebel. Yeah. Elizabeth Pena. Well,. She's in one of my favorite movies. What's that? Vibes, a okay. movie that nobody knows anything about, but it's got Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> Cindy Lauper, Ooh, and Peter Falk. I want to watch are. Vibes. Yeah. I love that movie so much. It's mm-hmm. very difficult to get a DVD of it, though, um, because it's, nobody knows about it. Yeah, it's about psychics, mm-hmm. um, and it had Elizabeth Pena in it. Apparently, she died uh, in her mid fifties from alcohol. Hmm. abuse her liver failed her well, how's, how's, how about tim robbins has he been anything as as jacob reaches for the bottle of wine yeah, <laughs> it's like, an empty <laughs> bottle of wine do you want me to get the other bottle <laughs> no i'm good all right <laughs> <laughs> there's more wine you'll you'll have it yeah later. i'll be fine um <laughs> so yeah elizabeth pena what was your question what else has she been in oh aside from uh, vibes vibes she was a you know she had a career mm-hmm. and then she died she didn't look familiar to me, but I just don't know. She kind of looks like Maya Rudolph in a way. A little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know Tim Robbins. I know Ving Rhames. I know Wiggly Eyes. Pruitt something. Yes. Yeah. Who's in everything. He's, for the listener, if you've seen Identity with John Cusack, he's John Cusack in Identity. <laughs> Have you guys seen Identity? No. no. I, I've seen Identity. That's okay. the one where he has a split personality, right? Yes. It's all a dream. Right, it is of a crazy person who's just imagining everything, who has split personality. I mean, it's not really he has multiple personalities, but they're interacting with each other in his own brain, so hmm. it's not real. Multi- multiple. I don't know, man. I think your idea of a dream is really broad and generalized. Yeah, I'm gonna say imagined by the protagonist did not happen in our Earth. Yeah, on Earth six one two or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Earth X. Why did Santa Claus take his wallet? What did that mean? Was that just a joke they put in? So they wouldn't have his ID when he took him to the hospital. Oh, I think that was he was an plot. angel. That was a well, plot device. Also, why was it Why was it at Christmas time, but the only time you ever saw any kind of Christmas thing yeah, was... that was a good question. Santa stealing they a wallet. They didn't have a Christmas tree. That house party could have been Christmas themed, and we just don't know. Right, yeah. but no why, even, why even bring no it up? Light. Why did the guy die a week before Thanksgiving, and then... But that was a month ago, so you know in your you know it's around Christmas time, but there's no Christmas yeah. in this movie. It's the secularization of religion or something. <laughs> that, I don't know. That I thought was a little weird. That was weird. I mean, I thought it was cool and kind of scary when they're wheeling him into the like really gross hospital. But then the scene kinda just ends and I was not sure where that like what that meant. I really didn't understand that. One uh, trivia again, back to trivia. So yeah, in his please. essay he talks about that scene. And uh, and he's talking about his admiration for the director Adrian mm-hmm. Lin, I believe. Um, he kept filming that scene with the gurney, and then he did something to the wheel to make it wobbly, and then all of a sudden the scene worked. Mm. So I think it's really interesting that you would pick that scene out of there. I mean, I thought it 
worked until I didn't until it ended, and then I was not sure how that fit. Right. I think a lot of the movie was like that. Though, it was like, where is this going? Oh, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. You know, like, I, this scene is kind of all the scenes were kind of dead. Well, I think that the wobbly wheel in that hot in that weird hospital kind of goes to what he might have been experiencing maybe when he was being wheeled in the jungles of Vietnam. Like you're going over a lot of brush and there's a lot of crap everywhere and dead limbs probably all over the place too. So do you see that as like in Vietnam, he was wheeled over some stuff or he's in a gurney and this is his like reimagining of his real experience in the the dream world. I think that if like having watched the end, when you're trying to draw similar when you're trying to draw a connection between what he's imagined and what actually happened Mm -hmm. you can say that like you know in that in that weird shady hospital there were a lot of messed up bodies all over the place and a lot of weird body parts lying everywhere and whatever he was being wheeled on when he was being injured when he was injured in vietnam like that was probably like minus the brush and minus all the foliage. Like that was probably more or less what he was seeing there too. My interpretation of it, based on having read the essay, is that the wobbly wheel just made the the scene more dynamic. <laughs> yeah, right. It was just a cinematography thing. I guess I feel like a lot of the scary stuff in this movie, like either I didn't get the connection or was just there to be scary and not really connected to like what's going on with the character. Well, one of the things, uh, the way that the script was originally written was to have um, standard devils and angels and symbology that is just what you get out of looking at old paintings and such. Mm -hmm. And the director said, we can't do that because people will laugh if they see a demon with a tail and horns. (laughs) And that's why you saw things like the nurse with, you saw that she had like bony spurs coming out of her head. But there was like actual horns. And in the scene in the subway, the guy under the blanket, there's like a bum sleeping in the corner with something over his face. He has a tail. Yeah. Yeah. You barely see it, but it's Hmm. like, it looks kind of like a centipede. It's kind of gross. Um, But it's just, the director didn't want to be too literal the way that the writer envisioned it. And so they used things like the, what did they call that? The vibro man. Called mm. the guy with its shaky oh, face yeah. was a vibro man. That's a good effect, and people like horror movies use that effect to this day. Like, yeah, that effect. Is I think movie. what Daniel was saying is right. Like a lot of that stuff in the movie was just like it looks scary, it'll sound scary, it'll be scary. So yeah, let's put that in there. I think if you wanted to, like the the connections that I'm that I just mentioned previously are kind of tenuous. Like if you wanted to, yeah. if you were trying to write some college paper and it was midnight and your <laughs> and papers do. due, and your papers due at eight a.m., like you're just gonna really try and stretch for it. Like maybe that's what you would point to. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of the stuff was just kind of like scary for scaries. Yeah, well, I feel like the Babadook, uh, on the other hand, is like everything's very like very connected to the central metaphor of the movie like every single conflict Mm -hmm. like maybe almost too much in my mind yeah i mean if so to defend kind of my my thoughts on these a little bit there are two movies that i really love that both are let me say dreams (laughs) there's fight club which i really like some people don't and that is the one where like to me that's a movie where at the end they reveal that a lot of the stuff was made was hallucinations or, or made up and then they go back and fill in all the details and it like really hangs together and that's makes that ending surprising and i like that and i think that like that's one way you can see like jacob's ladder or the babadook maybe those flaws don't hold up 
Another movie I really like is American Psycho, where at the end you find mm. out a lot of this is a hallucination. They don't go back and fill in which ones are re- parts are real and which ones aren't. In fact, that's left totally open. And I love that ending as well because they don't even try to explain. Like the main character at the end is like, oh, I don't know what happened. Like he's looking at the camera going, I don't know if I killed these people. I don't know if people are knew what happened or didn't. And that ending works for me as well because it leaves all the like ambiguous, did this fit together or not? Like it just leaves it on the table. I think that if you don't, you're not really careful, you fall between those two ends on the spectrum. And at least for me as a viewer, I'm going, well, I know this thing happened because someone else saw it, but it didn't, this person didn't react to it. But this thing, like if you don't end either really carefully laying it all out or really carefully leave stuff that can't be explained ambiguous, I, that bothers me. And maybe it's because I really like these two movies and I'm looking for that type of like end result when the movie's all said and done. But to me, that's that is a flaw. Not so much that I didn't like either of these movies because I think I liked them both. But so it's like, only a flaw compared to other movies that you've seen. I guess my expectation is if there's going to be some of this is real and some of it's not, either you have to go back and I have to be able to look at the end of the movie and say, oh, this is how all these things fit together. Or I go back at the end and go, I don't know which of this was a hallucination or not, but I understand why the main character went through these experiences. Right. That is a problem with Jacob's Ladder because I knew what the ending was. I knew why these things were happening. And while watching them, it was like, I don't know how this, I do not know how this relates to where we're actually going to end up. Even though I know, I know where we're going. I know why this is happening and I don't know why this is happening. Yeah. Right. Like I know that this nurse has bone spurs on her head and that may mean she's a demon, but what about her, actions in that scene either made her fit as like a literal demon or fit into this idea that she's like getting rid of his like fit into what he's experiencing because he just runs away but you know you guys like we're talking about horror movies here and i think that with a lot of horror movies they try to make it they they don't try to make them perfect on purpose like you want to you kind of want to make them you i think Here's just what I'm thinking. A lot of movie makers don't want to make them like make complete and total logical sense because they don't want people to be like you want to as a viewer, you don't want to think like, oh, this could actually happen. You want to find that flaw that says, oh, yeah, LOL. Like, of course, that movie was kind of silly because of this. So let me just go home, sleep at night, feel cool or whatever, and be a little scared, but not too scared. You don't want to mess with people. My argument against that would be that the two movies that we watched today both are intending to give us a message. They aren't a standard horror movie. Neither one of them is actually just trying to scare you, right? (laughs) They're trying to tell you something about human emotions, Mm -hmm. unlike Mm -hmm. The Conjuring, which is just trying to make you jump at certain specific points in the story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Both of these movies were trying to actually tell you something about a human experience. And I'm not saying they succeeded but i think that they, they both kind of well you were saying the endings is what makes them kind of weird like the ending of fight club redeemed it and the ending of um what was the other i mean one it's, it's that not that the ending redeemed it but when you go to the end and say actually what you were watching was a movie about somebody who was hallucinating like if a jacob's letter ended and it was like and he learned about the government conspiracy and something happens to yeah. him but at this you're going well actually the beginning of the movie this different thing than you expected happened then I go look back at these scenes and go, well, the the nurse with the bones on her head, was he if he, was she a real demon? If so, what was she doing? But if she wasn't and he was experiencing this, what was his experience as the protagonist? I think that might be why the 
I, I think the short story version of Jacob's Ladder works better. Probably, because you don't have to fill that in. Right. This The version of the story where a man's about to be hanged, he is hanged, then he, for moments, experiences something different, and then he dies. That makes sense. And you can say, yeah, it takes a few moments to die, and in that moment you might imagine something else. This movie is an hour, what, what was it? It was 113, it was, it was yeah, almost two, two hours, hours long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, if it took him two hours to die, I don't think this is what, I don't know. It, just, it doesn't, you know. yeah. I I mean, there's, I think that it's just, there are, if, if you're going to have a movie where at the ending you discover that elements of the scenes that you've seen in the past were not literally true, like either the protagonist just is looking at them from a different perspective. Oops. What was or, that? It sounded like a cork <laughs> popping. I just tapped my thing. Like if, if you're going to come into the end and say the protagonist exper- is experiencing this through a different lens. I think that when you film those earlier scenes or when you're building this up, you need to be very careful about what is the protagonist experience here? He sees the woman with the bones on her head because... Right. And then you have to finish that sentence. Or you have to build it up as like, as part of his experience, he was just literally hallucinating. Well, I don't know what it's like to actually make a movie, but I think... <laughs> I thought well, <laughs> in that case. But I think what that... What I thought you were going to say is, I don't know what it's actually like to die. <laughs> <laughs> Been well, that's there. True too. Actually, I do have... One of my very first memories is almost dying. Was it like this? No. Well, there's the evidence right there. Movie so anyway, sense. like, I don't know what it's like to make a movie or not, but like, I think that from watching these two movies like they want like what deb was saying they want to convey this human emotion side of it like they want to they want to show some type of message and then at the very end i don't know budgeting or whatever like they're just like let's just wrap it up whatever we can do to end this movie let's just freaking end it you know like oh, sure maybe that's my that's what might have happened and i think that if however way they want to end a scary movie is however way they want to end it but like the meat the most entertaining part of a scary movie is always like, you know, the beginning and the middle. Like that's, that's what you're, that's what you're like into. That's what you're, you know, like I don't really care about the end of it, but the middle of the movie is just like what, but isn't that wraps you in? I mean, if you're saying when you said this, you felt this like was a B minus movie. Wasn't that part of it for you? Like how this hung together? Is that part of what dragged it down for you? Or yeah, was it just like if I'm, like the if pacing? I'm, if I'm like thinking about the movie and I'm, and I'm trying to analyze it and like, yeah, the end of the Babadook wasn't really that great. And the end of Jacob's ladder wasn't really that great either, but in both movies, like I was, I was held by, well, maybe not Jacob's ladder, but <laughs> in the Babadook, you know, I was, I was held by the, like both the, the actress that plays the mother and the child that plays the, the kid. Like they're both yeah. excellent actors, you know, like you're really into the story that they're telling of the scary thing that may or may not be existing in their home. And also Mm -hmm. like the scary, very scary emotions and mental illnesses or grief or whatever that the mother is experiencing. Like that's, that's what is so important about the movie. And if like it not tying together at the end is what makes it like, I don't know. I don't, I don't expect bad. Like I don't expect scary movies, horror movies to be perfectly tied up at the end. Yeah. Well, I wish they would be. Yeah, I agree that nitpicking a movie over logical inconsistencies can 
miss the point a lot of the time but it's something that like i really enjoy when a movie surprises me by actually making sense yeah at the end that's i feel what, like that's very rarely the case that's when it gets <laughs> to the, like the a's yeah <laughs> like <laughs> i mean we just some of us at this table watched the first season of the good place and the final episode that's one of those things where it's like oh this is re and i actually don't know if you go back and it all hangs together but, but the like, other thing about that ending is the wonderful thing about that ending is it was great to watch that series. Yeah. And it then really it got was. to the end and it reset itself. Yes. In preparation for the next season. It's so like I would you what's did going it. on. Yeah, I would say A plus the good place. A plus all the freaking way. Yeah. Like, yeah, like you know, when you're watching a scary movie, I don't really have that much of expectations for it. But when I'm watching something well, else, I mean it's and not. I think that's part of it. I mean, Jacob's Ladder and the Babadook, because they were both message movies, I know horror movies are supposed to be like uh, morality know. plays sometimes. Who knows? But the thing about a horror movie, I think the people who really love horror movies, and I can equivocally say I am not one of those people, right? <laughs> Is anyone at this table? No, I don't no, think so. It was really interesting. We picked horror movies for this season, but mm-hmm. no, I mean, um, and I've learned better. a lot, and I like them a lot more now. <laughs> yeah, me too. But I think that the reason you go is for the roller coaster, and neither mm-hmm. of those movies were roller no. coasters. Very... Babadook better. I mean, Babadook, Babadook had yeah. some cool but stuff. But it still there. didn't... There was a scene in some movie I was watching with Maggie... I think it, it was either the, con- it might have been The Conjuring. We mm-hmm. didn't watch mm-hmm. that as part of this. No. I was, had my computer and I needed to put it away and I was walking by the TV and it was at the same moment that there was a monster on top of a, yeah. and it made me run into the other room, right? <laughs> like I had a physical response to this jump scare. I finally feel alive. <laughs> <laughs> but neither of these movies had that. Yeah. yeah. I think so. Yep. Hey. You made a cocktail, though. I did make a cocktail. Do you I, want to talk about it? Yeah, I drank it fast. It was really good. <laughs> yeah. I liked it the best. Jacob liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, that particular cocktail, I learned about specific gravity making that cocktail. Ooh. Daniel wasn't. <laughs> we'll tell you all about it. <laughs> you know about specific gravity? Oh, well, I'm a mechanical engineer. <laughs> That's all he knows about. I had so. to derive the equation for buoyancy on a test once. <laughs> Very relevant. So I, I wanted to make a drink that was layered and had, like, Earth and heaven. No, earth and sky and heaven. On How top. did you, why did you start that? I mean, what was that about? Uh, I wrote a blog about it. It'll be on the website. <laughs> okay. I can't remember right now. Was it because of Jacob's Ladder you wanted to do yeah. this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because of the biblical uh, description of Jacob's Ladder being between <laughs> heaven and earth. Face. What are you doing? <laughs> so I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be layered for some reason. Oh, be, I don't know. I just, that was my first thought. Make yeah. a layered drink. I wanted it to be earth and sky and heaven. Mm-hmm. I knew how to do clouds from my previous drink, which had uh, foamed up foamy stuff on top, orange juice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, you know, from doing the molecular gastronomy, gastronomy yes, from mm-hmm. the last drink. So I started with the, I, I had. I don't think Daniel's seen the last drink. There were blobs in it, like it floating molecule floating, blobs. Floating oh, green blobs. Like that drink I always orbits. wanted as a kid. Orbits. Yes, 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 yep. yes. And my mom's yeah, like, no. We <laughs> talked about orbits when we, <laughs> we recorded last time. But what yeah. I found out, I, I tried the first drink. I was using rum, Zaya rum, which is very brown. And I used um, hypnotic, which is has a nice sky blue color to mm-hmm. it. Um, but I couldn't, the rum would just float to the top. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had to find out why, how can I get the brown at the bottom? Yeah. <laughs> because the, the specific gravity of rum is like 0. 0.9. Okay. And that's, I guess water is one. 
And then the specific gravity of hypnotic is like 1.07, which is pretty, pretty heavy. Okay. So I had to find a mixture that would push the brown stuff to the bottom and get the <laughs> blue stuff in the middle. Yeah. And putting the foam on top was not a problem. Okay. Um, and then I also wanted to focus on tea a little bit because that's what Buddhist monks drink. Oh. <laughs> so I got, I went to, I went to, uh, well, not, it's not Bebmo, it's um, uh, Total Wine. Total Wine and more. And they they had a tea based liqueur. They could be our sponsors. Uh, yes, they should be because I one hundred percent buy uh, all this weird expensive stuff there. <laughs> um, triple sec is extremely heavy, so I mean, you know, one point oh seven versus point nine. If you call that an extreme difference, sure. um, triple sec is very heavy. Floats so I added, or doesn't float. I added yeah. triple sec to the to the tea liqueur, and then I added vodka, which is light, to the hypnotic. And a few other things because I didn't. I wanted it to taste good. Yeah. And then sure. I put the foam on top. It was really so good. So that's yeah. how you made the blue float on top of the of the brown. Right. You added lighter stuff to counteract the. Yes, I added heavy the... stuff to the brown, and I added light stuff to the. That's blue. so cool. <laughs> and then I, the hardest part though was the ladder because I didn't, I could not think of a way to make a ladder. <laughs> so I was like, can I use pretzels or can I make? <laughs> And your dad kept saying, why don't you just make it out of candy? Oh, it was delicious. <laughs> I ate too. Yeah, so I had yeah. to learn how to make candy as well. Okay. Nice. How did you make that candy? Uh, you boil sugar. You boil mostly sugar with a little bit of water in it mm-hmm. uh, until it reaches a certain temperature. It's all melty. So then when it cools down, it hardens. And then yeah. you add lemon extract. Did you have like a mold or something to make it? It's a ladder no. shape for I the actually, listener. I used a dropper from also that I had bought for the molecular gastronomy thing. I bought this dropper. Mm-hmm. So I sucked up the super hot sugar liquid and then I just drew the just ladder. Just drew a ladder. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Uh, yeah. It was, you said it was like our first shot basically. Yeah. Cause it's basically just layers of liquor. There's not a lot of, they've uh, all been basically liquor though, haven't they? Well, but they've been mixed with like juices and mm, okay. Yeah. It's kind of like, you'll see a photo when you look at our whatever. But the blog. It's, we'll have photos. Uh, but it's like, you know, layered dark brown on the bottom. And then, and then blue. light blue. And then a, a light orangey the foam. foam on top. It's so not the, orange, though. It's green tea. Oh, was it a green tea? It was green tea foam. No, it was white, but it was a green tea foam. The With the soy lecithin that emulsified it a yeah. little mm-hmm. bit. And then a candy ladder. And then a candy ladder. It was delicious. Thank you. <laughs> it was so good. I drank it so fast. It, it was, was excellent. It was not as big or as strong as the new flesh drink. <laughs> yeah, for the video drove. Oh, boy. Uh, that was strong. <laughs> Danny wants a new flesh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking, I think our last episode for the year, the 12th mm-hmm. episode, is going to be a retrospective, and I'll just let you guys pick which of the drinks I've already uh, invented for that Wizard stabs. <laughs> <laughs> just stack them up, all the drinks in a row, 12. Just have 12 drinks. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be obliterated. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, what else do we do on this? Uh, you do your plugs. <laughs> Mom, do you have anything you want to plug? I don't have anything to plug. Daniel, Other than, any- wait, oh, oh. There, I guess the only thing I would plug, which is silly because it won't ma- make any sense in uh, chronological order. This is order. mid-February. Right. This is, our, kinda... this is our eighth episode recorded in February. We started in July. We still haven't posted any of the episodes yet, but we will be doing so shortly. Do so. So I would plug this podcast. Oh, all right. And also the the Facebook page, which is where all the blogs will be. Okay. Daniel, do you have anything you want to plug that'll come out, oh, I don't know, next year maybe? (laughs) Oh, I got a bunch of stuff coming out. Yeah. Third X Xavier's podcast. It's great. Karen's on an episode. Karen was on our Flock of Dudes episode. Yes, I was. It was very fun. My mom might be on an episode. Someday. Yeah, come on over. 
Do I have to pick the movie? You I can. Pick, I picked the movie for Flock of Dudes, <laughs> yeah. so. I recommend it. Yeah, it's probably better if you pick it. Yeah, yeah. but the first thing that came to mind when you said, when you said that to yeah. me was, um, what's that Scientology movie? The Master? No, no. no. The, um, the one with Earth? John Travolta. Yeah, Battlefield. Yes. <laughs> Battlefield <Okay. laughs> which I could barely watch the first time. Oh. oh we, well, I mean, we're trying to do recent <laughs> movies, so it's something you can see. Uh, we're talking about The Great Wall. We'll almost oh, certainly yeah. oh. make it yeah, yeah. into our repertoire by the time you're on. I'm so excited for The Great Wall. <laughs> uh, uh, so stay tuned for The Great Wall. Yeah. <laughs> I watched um, on the plane to D.C., Dave and... Mike need wedding dates with Aubrey Plaza oh, yeah. and Anna Kendrick, and that movie was—I thought it would be a bad movie, but it, it, it was, was okay. Actually, it was, it was however, one of those movies. I didn't watch it; I was just next to her. Yes. But there are scenes in that movie that you should not be watching on an airplane. <laughs> totally, <laughs> it's true. Good, good. Avert your eyes, row behind yeah, me. Yeah, there's a lot of fun. Fo- there's a Whoever's lot of sitting next to me. Please do not look at what I'm watching. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Deb's sitting next to me here, and this other guy that I don't really care about is sitting. Next to me on this Game of Thrones on the airplane. Yeah. Just cringe. <laughs> I just want you to know I'm not a pervert. <laughs> I'm totally a pervert. <laughs> oh, but yeah. Third Act Saviors. Go listen to that. It's yeah. also a funny podcast. Uh, you forgot about uh, Sidekicks? Sidekicks. I'm getting there. He's got a lot to plug. <laughs> sidekicks. Watch that. I got a bunch of improv and sketch stuff. Maybe too much going on. <laughs> Definitely uh, too much. Uh, Where do you get access to these podcasts you're talking about? Oh, iTunes soundcloud for one of them mostly itunes or whatever podcast app you use that'll work if a listener wanted to watch you do an improv performance where would they go to look at the schedule first it would have to be in washington state true <laughs> or have a, a car true, true. <laughs> get on an airplane fly to seattle go get a greyhound ticket come see me um the easiest way is probably to follow me on twitter or facebook uh now daniel do you want to be really funny for like five seconds to Make people come listen to you? No. <laughs> hey, no. That's all right. Jacob, I'm... why don't you try to be funny? Okay, here I go. <laughs> well, I laughed. Everybody I... laughed. I purposely didn't laugh. So easy. <laughs> See my improv right now on this show. Yeah, the fart show. Uh, yeah, I got a bunch of stuff that you can find by adding me on Facebook. Daniel Kinnaman. <laughs> You're right. a random person on the internet. Add me. I'll let you know when my shows are coming up. Uh, but I perform at the Pocket a Bunch and maybe comedy sports someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all. I'm going to plug the same things. This show, Third Act Saviors. Daniel Shows. Uh, we, Karen and I have a law firm, Helios Law Group. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on the web at helioslaw.net. Yeah, we got a whole a bunch of other different partners who practice in other areas of law, so we can handle it all for you. If you're in Washington State, give us an email, send us a phone call, whatever you got. Maybe, I, maybe. You know, I would like to say, I highly recommend that Total Wine & More be our sponsor. Sure. I love Total Wine & More <laughs> more than BevMo. I love that place. And when you see the recipes for these <laughs> drinks on the Facebook page, yeah. And we'll do a we'll do a call. If anyone on listening to our podcast knows somebody who works for Total Wine, let us know. We know somebody, Arcadia's brother. Yeah, shout out to that guy. Arcadia's brother. Hook <laughs> us up. All right. Let me um I said I'd come back to yeah, myself for shout outs. You can follow my blog, www.karenokapi.com. I write a lot of thoughts on there. It's true. Mm. I can I can verify. Yeah. A lot of thoughts on there. A lot of thoughts. I don't know. Deep thoughts. Kind of uh, kind of outdated, I guess. But I I update it when I can. 
If you want to read outdated thoughts. <laughs> I mean, they're they're pretty they're pretty interesting, I would have to say. <laughs> no, it makes no, you no. Think. That's my blog. I I I, I want to make it a little bit more public, even though I'm a little nervous about it. But yeah, I don't know, okay. make it more public. You can try and read into which one of these things are about me. That's my advice. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> the Wait, great blog hunt. Have we ex- we explained your guys' relationship early on? Early on, oh, we yeah. talked about we're, the relationship. We're both police. We're, we're buddy pug cops. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cop. I'm good cop. <laughs> I'm bad cop. Also, if you didn't listen to the early episodes, I'm Jacob's mother. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> and I'm Jacob's girlfriend. <laughs> and this is my boyfriend, Daniel. <laughs> hey, what's up? I drive the police van. <laughs> um, what are we watching next time? We are watching two movies. We've made it. We've actually made it into the arts. Right. Well, it's the last one. It's our last coupling of movies. We and I don't remember what year the first movie was from, but the name of the movie is May. Mm-hmm. Don't ask me what it's about because remember we started in July, which is when I curated this list. Oh no! So I have no idea. <laughs> also, the second movie is a uh, creep, and I can't tell you what that's about oh. either. Hmm. I mean, neither of those ring any bells. Right. So one is from the two thousands, and one is from the two thousand tens. Okay. And we will. I never mind. I have a question about this podcast, but I'll ask it afterwards stay tuned for our special episodes coming soon yes we will have three special episodes one at least will be about vampires because we haven't watched even one vampire movie oh no (laughs) travesty (laughs) i love vampire movies and we discussed earlier we'll probably do one about uh people of color because we have not had very much of that in our podcast either i'm so excited for that one jacob's ladder had people of color actors in it oh it did the vietnam his uh, friends Many of his friends. Yes. True. But they weren't main characters. No, but he at least talked. They had lines. Yeah, they, they spoke. They talked to each other. That's true. The Babadook did not. No, well, they were in Australia. In a... Australia has... There's aboriginal people, but of course they don't belong in like this They never got I don't know about that. I mean, her husband did appear to be brown-skinned. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to tell. But that's beside the point. We will do a special episode on that topic just because... Uh, from the 20s to the 2016s, we are seeing very little. And there is a movie coming out in theaters this weekend. That well, yeah, that's the one that I was talking about. So Jacob's dad mentioned that we should do a black exploitation film. Oh, and yeah, compare and com- great. Yeah, Blackula and compare it to the new Jordan Peele movie coming out soon, which I really want to watch. Mm-hmm. It's going to be amazing, I Get think. Get Out, it's called. Yeah, it's going to be so cool. So we're hoping that that's one of the special episodes. Yep. And then we may make some decisions about doing another season of the show. I thought we were. Oh. Well, what? <laughs> we, <laughs> talked about, we talked about that before. How do people get in touch with us? Because I don't remember. If well, we we're going to have a, the Facebook page will be up by okay. the time you're listening to this. Is that the best way to like send us th- We also thoughts? have a Twitter account mm-hmm. and an email account. Let There's us, a hashtag on Instagram, Decades Podcast. Let us know how you feel about this show. We won't be able to change it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> There's no way to change it now. In the future, we will. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there will be more episodes. Um, anything else, you guys? No, I think we're. I think we're good. Well, we should thank our audience for listening. Thank Thanks, you, guys. Audience. Oh my gosh, you're the best. <laughs> yes, applause. Wow. And Daniel, Thanks, thank Daniel. you for coming. Oh, thank you, and also, thank you. My thank pleasure. You. Especially thank you for helping set up these microphones. No problem. <laughs> yeah, Daniel. Give it up for Daniel on the mic. Oh, thank you, thank you, Daniel on the mic. Well. um... Catch you on the flip-flop, everybody. See you later. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>